0: <laughs> now we're going to go ahead and get started tonight. Um, we've got a, we've got some handouts for you tonight, and um, also, um, I remember I talked. I think it was last week. I mentioned about the that handout about the wheel of prophecy.
1: Oh yeah,
0: we've we've got some. Uh, you know, Sister Jones found one of hers that she had, and um, so. I made some copies. If anybody doesn't have one and you would like one, I've got copies here. And uh, we have our handouts for tonight. So if I get one of them to help us with it, pass these out. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: That's it. We'll let <laughs> these young guys do something. I'll get one later. I've <laughs>
0: got one. See, and I got one. There you go. Yeah. And you know what I'll probably do? (laughs) I'll probably take a picture so I have it on me. Yeah. Yeah, good idea.
3: Thank you.
0: Going to pick up tonight on our third in our series of foundation stones. I thought it was interesting. I was, was, you know, we're teaching here on foundation stones, and um, I was on YouTube this morning, and I know, uh, you know, like Jonathan's con, Con, Jonathan Kahn's message came up this morning, and um, it was about foundations. And, And, you know, you know, how the church has to remain built on the foundation. And I've heard other, you know, seen other messages that, that people have been preaching and teaching about building on that foundation and the foundation of the Word of God and all of that. And uh, I, th- I always think it's interesting to see how that, it, it seems like God kind of directs His people in multiple locations yes. in the same thing at the same time. So, yes. so. It's always interesting to see how God does that. Now, uh, tonight, the the foundation stone, and um, I'm going to jump right into it tonight, kind of forego the typical introduction that that we've heard. And um, tonight, the foundation stone that we're going to be looking at is salvation. Now, as, as I look out across everybody that's here, I believe everybody that is here, you've received the Holy Ghost you've been, you've fulfilled the plan of salvation but tonight we want to talk about it because that is uh, such an important part of what the church is and and what not only what the church is but what we need to know because if we don't build on the foundation of salvation and have that right then then you know we're we're building on something that's going to crumble and so, I want us, as we go through this tonight, listen, if you have questions or, or you have a comment, feel free. You know, let's, let's discuss this because I want us to be able to not only know what Scripture says, but to be able to, to understand and explain it to others because I think that's a, a part of it. I think that's a, a, big, a big and important part of it. Big and important, not big important. <laughs> um. So we're going to look at that uh, that foundation stone tonight. Uh, tonight. Um, since the rise of modern day ecumenical ek- the ecumen- <sighs> Let me back up, <sighs> take a deep breath, and start over. Since the rise of the modern day ecumenical movement, it has become politically incorrect to preach an absolute message. Everybody wants the message that's preached to be, well, you know, that's the the best way to do it, but it's not the only way. But there are absolutes in the Word of God. Yes, There are now as many variations on the plan of salvation as there are denominations, and that's created a logical and a theological nightmare The church world has dealt with this problem by saying, well, you know, we're all going to the same place, so let's forget about doctrine and just love Jesus. Anybody ever heard somebody say that? I've had them say it to me. You know, it doesn't really matter about the doctrine. We just need to love Jesus. It's important that we love Jesus, but we need to love Jesus enough that we obey his word and and the plan that he set. See, the problem with that approach is it's wrong. (laughs) That's kind of okay. How dare you? Class dismissed. You know, there's not two ways, 10 ways, 20 different ways to be saved, there's only the Bible way to be saved. And what matters, it's not my opinion, it's not your opinion, it's not some other pastor's opinion, it's God's opinion. It's what God's word says that matters because he's the one that has set up the plan of salvation. And honestly, he's the one that's going to be the judge. And so he gets to, you know, as as the Lord of lords and the King of kings and the God of all creation, he gets to set the rules... And then he also gets to judge whether we were obedient to those rules. And so that's the opinion that we really need to look at and and make, you know, our our foundation that we build on. It's not that we're right and they're wrong. It's that the Bible is right and everything else is wrong. And so with all of that in mind, we're going to begin with some, uh, try to start tonight with some, Theological common ground uh, That essentially all Christian groups share Just about all of your your, uh, Denominal churches All Christian groups Did somebody hit something? Okay Lord help them if they did Keep them safe Um, Here's one of the first things We believe that all human beings Are sinners by birth By nature by deeds. I don't think there's any uh, any Christian group that doesn't believe that. No matter how good we try to be all of us have come short of God's standard of perfection that allows us to go to heaven and I think everybody can agree on that. Romans uh, 8, 3 and 23 tells us for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's a, you know, that's a very popular scripture. A lot of people think, oh, well, we're all sinners, and, you know, and, and, and that's just our lot in life. No, we, we all are sinners. But that's not where God wants to leave us. We believe, another thing is we believe that when uh, human beings could do nothing to res- redeem themselves, God himself provided a way of salvation. And, you know, it's important for us to remember and to realize and and to recognize with other people that, yes, God provided a way of salvation for all people. And, you know, so by believing on Jesus Christ, there is the opportunity for us to be born again and inherit eternal life. Now, some, and we'll touch on this a little bit later, but some people think that just believing on Jesus Christ is enough. But it's not because John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life." But believing is more to it. See, that's where we begin to part ways with uh, with with other groups because while many modern Christian groups preach the gospel, not many groups preach the way to obey the gospel or that there is even uh, uh, something that we must obey in the gospel just like any other commandment in scriptures to know it is not enough and even to believe it is not enough we have to obey the word of god In, in the new testament the the greek word for believe doesn't mean just to mentally acknowledge something. It's a synonym for commit. As in believing something so strongly that it causes you to do something. You know, if you you hear something and, and you really believe it, then you're going to, you know, you're going to make actions in your life to start acting on that. If there's, you know if there's something that you you know read about uh, in, you know uh, on the internet, because that's where everybody reads everything now, yes. <laughs> if you read something on the internet that some you know new breakthrough health benefit, and you know you read that and you look at all the studies and you believe that you know what, I think that would really help me. Is it enough just to to read it and to think that would help you? No? If you really think that it's going to help you, you're going to commit to implementing that in your life. And it's the same way with the Word of God. If we really believe it, then we're going to commit to being obedient to it. Um, So, let me ask you, what is the gospel? It's the good news. It is. The apostle Paul defined it specifically and let us know that there are three parts to the gospel or the good news of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye also have received, and wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And so when we talk about the gospel We're talking about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Those are the three parts of the gospel that that throughout the New Testament have been preached. That's why in the very first church service in history, after the very first sermon that was preached by one of the apostles, after the very first time that someone ever asked, What shall we do? And at the very first altar call in the church age, Peter said to obey the gospel by doing three things. He said repentance, (laughs) baptism, and the Holy Ghost. And so why did Peter preach that message? Because it was the very last instruction that Jesus left with his disciples before he ascended. Listen, the the deathbed words of someone are considered to be so ironclad truthful. And, and, you know, someone on their deathbed, they're going to leave the, you know, something that is so important to them. When we see that Jesus' last words were about the death, burial, and resurrection, were about that gospel, that good news, we have to realize how important it is. Luke uh, Luke, chapter 24, verses 45 through 51, said, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin "...should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, That he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Notice Jesus said, I will be crucified, be buried, and then rise again. And because of this, I want you to go out and to preach repentance, baptism, which is the remission of sins in my name, and baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the promise that the Father had sent. The very last thing Jesus did on earth was his disciples was to emphasize how to obey the gospel. And Peter preached that very same message in Acts 2.38. He preached the very same message. So what is repentance? What's it mean to repent? Change your mind, turn away. Absolutely. Self. You know, a lot of, a lot of uh, churches, a lot of, uh, a lot of people that are in churches, they believe that, that repentance is simply saying, I'm sorry. But it's really a lot more than that. It's more than just feeling that, that you know, conviction or saying, I'm sorry for something that I've done. Because repentance is not a feeling. It's a turning around or an about face, an inward change of attitude leading to an outward change of action. And unless both of these occur, repentance has not taken place. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11 say, For godly sorrow worketh repentance, to salvation not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, the self-same thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge, in all things ye have approved yourself to be clear in this matter. See, Repentance, when you have that godly sorrow, it causes you to turn from things and to to make a change. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 8 talks about uh, the fact that that we should bring forth, therefore, fruits that are meat for repentance or that are the, the effect of repentance. If we repent of something, there should be some fruits that begin to show in our life Because we have turned from some things that were wrong, and that means if we've turned from them, you can't turn from something and not turn to something else. It's impossible. I can't can't face this way and turn from the piano or the keyboard and not turn to something else. No matter where I turn, I'm turning towards something else and so when we repent we're turning from I'm not going to say the keyboard sin but we're turning from <laughs> sin Lately. and we're turning <laughs> it's the sound system <laughs> remember the devil's in the sound system yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we're turning from sin and we're turning toward Jesus and so what we're doing is you know whatever way we're facing is you know if you're going to be safe that's the way that you walk mm-hmm. you know I don't know a lot of people that consistently walk backwards. Maybe some people do. God help them. That's a dangerous thing. Yes. Especially with some of the practical jokers that we have out there today. But if I'm facing that, I'm heading that way. And if I'm heading towards sin, I need to turn away or turn away from that and turn towards Christ and say, that's the way I need to be walking. So when we talk about repentance, you know, it's it's more than just saying, well, I'm I'm sorry. You know, I feel really bad about doing that. You know, oh man, I, it bothers me every time I do that. If I feel sorry about doing it, why am I why do I keep doing it? Why why do I keep going there? I, I need to I need to turn.
4: You're ignoring the GPS and you keep going. <laughs>
0: redirect it, <laughs> redirect it, <laughs> yes. and, and 300 feet, make a U-turn. That's <laughs>
3: right.
0: God, is, God is trying to get us to make a U-turn that's from right. some things yes. in our lives. There you go, that's it. You
3: know? the, one of the first things you were talking about there was the difference in you know, what we believe and some people is the belief you know that that's mm-hmm. all it takes. Something that always puzzled me was they make a statement that they to be that they're saved because they accepted the Lord as their personal savior I never could put believing with accepting uh, there's something amiss there can you
0: well and you know honestly I think that that ties right in with repentance and also with obedience because if I'm accepting the Lord as my personal savior then that means I'm accepting not only, you know, his name or, or him as being God, but I'm accepting his word. Okay. I'm accepting what he's teaching, you know, what, what he desires of me. And, and so that means that if I'm going to accept him, then I want to be pleasing to him because I want him to accept me too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so if I'm walking towards sin, but I've accepted the Lord, I better stop doing that and I better start walking back towards him. I, I better look at his word and go, am I really on course by continuing to do these things? Okay. I would
4: daily, um, the other day I saved this, it was the daily devotional that I get, and it was First John 1 and 6. And it says, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. Wow,
0: That's exactly it. That's a powerful scripture. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, listen, it's, you know, I don't ever want to discount believing because if we don't believe, we cannot be saved. If we don't believe that Jesus is God and that the Bible is his word and his plan is right. We don't have any hope of being saved because we're just going to look at it and go, well, that's just something that somebody wrote. How do I know that's right? We have to believe the fact that Jesus is God and that the Bible is his word, and those are the instructions that are going to get me to heaven.
2: Pastor Mark, there's so many um, atheists in this generation of people who don't believe at all, and they don't even know what they believe. So that's a huge step. I mean, Mm -hmm. it, it is a step. Uh,
0: Turning around, and honestly, I think it's a step that that you know, as as a witness, as a testimony, we can you know, we can testify and be a witness to them about what God has done for me and how that I've seen the power of God work in my life and in your life. But there's also times where some people have been so um, steeped in tradition. Or steeped in, in you know, in other uh, religious beliefs. You know, I mean, I've I've spoken to people of other religious faiths, not Christians, other you know, outside of Christianity. You speak to those people, and sometimes it takes something uh, supernatural mm-hmm. to turn them. Yes, I, I remember uh, what a powerful testimony it was that um, uh, Brother I. How many of you remember Brother I used to come here? Brother I had such a powerful testimony. He was raised in the Islamic faith. He, he came from an Islamic country, and he said he had a dream one night, and in his dream, uh, I believe it was a, a Muhammad came to him, took him by the hand, and led him over and said, this is Jesus, follow him. And he said, I, I remember I woke up and I was like, what in the world? What's Muhammad leading me to Jesus for? And, and he said, you know, it troubled me. He said, and I went back asleep. And he said, I had that same dream again. And he said, I, I just knew within me that, listen, God was trying to show me the right way. Yes. And he said, that's the, that's the turning point for me that changed me from the Islamic faith into becoming a Christian and ultimately into you know into receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized and you know sometimes it takes something supernatural yes. to bring that about. Other times all it takes is just our witness of how God reached us, what God did to show us the truth in the right way. Yes.
3: Well, look how the Lord used what he believed to lead him to what was true, yes. because yep. we can yes. believe honestly believe the wrong thing, and yep. uh, many people are, and lots of times in witnessing, we want to maybe discount anything that person has ever experienced, and it can be used yes. to lead them to the right way.
0: Absolutely, you know, and and you know we can never discount the fact that God. <laughs> You know, God can show people the truth. Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, some people are just, like I said, their, their minds have been so uh, immersed in false teaching, false doctrine, whatever, traditions, that, you know, us just, you know, we can, we can pound our head against the wall trying to convince them about something that God can just like that show them and open their eyes to. And so, you know, you talk about the power of prayer. <laughs> you know, listen, if you have someone that you're witnessing to that that they're not, you know, they're not seeing the truth, If they're not able to believe that, that this is anything more than just a book, then, you know, we can pray and ask God to open their eyes. And I know that God has ways to reach each one of us and to, you know, to meet us and lead us and say, yes, this is true. Let me show you. Amen. Amen. Um, now, one of the things about <clears throat> repentance that some of the denominations, uh, uh, they, they, don't, they don't emphasize repentance because they really don't think that repentance is necessary, but You know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this tonight, but let me just give you Luke 13 and 3. Scripture says, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Uh, You know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to perish.
1: You know, if
0: I can repent, I'm on board. I don't want to perish. That's a pretty straightforward scripture. If we don't have that that godly sorrow that causes us to turn from sin through repentance, then how do we stop sinning and and start serving God? Start trying to be more like him and to, you know, uh, let God mold us and make us into what he wants us to be. So just, uh, you know, something for you to remember there, a scripture that, You know, it's pretty telling in that. So repentance is absolutely essential for salvation. Now, the next part of it, repentance, that's that death. I'm dying out. I'm saying, nope, I'm I'm turning. That's that's the death. So the next step is burial. And what is uh, baptism? What happens when we're baptized? we're buried what, what else happens sins are washed away what else what's that yeah we are we also put on Christ mm-hmm. we actually put on Christ we we put on his you know his name through baptism so that's
3: the adoption ceremony
0: that's that's where we are actually adopted, is at baptism. The name is given to us at that name. That's why, and we're going to touch on this, but that's why it's important how we're baptized. Well, I mean, think
4: of it's, it's a ceremony of, of of applying that name to your life. To your yep. There's no other way. I mean, you can't just say you know you're you're doing the action, the scriptural and Yep. And that's where you apply it. Yes. So that's another frustrating thing with the Jesus name. You're like,
0: oh no, it's no big deal. Yes. yes. Well, you know, I mean, it it goes back to the whole covenant relationship because in a covenant, covenants were always sealed by the the greater party's name was put on the covenant. And so when we're when we're baptized, we are. Uh, admitting, We are agreeing We are entering into a covenant relationship And we're using that name of Jesus Saying listen this is the, this is the higher authority in, in, in this matter And so when it comes to salvation of my soul When it comes to right and wrong When it comes to the truth That name is the name that is, that is The higher over every other name and so I'm sealing this covenant with that name. And we do that through baptism.
4: Mm-hmm. So would that act be an outward confession
0: kind of, and an action of? It, it is an outward act. You know, we're doing something. Right. Yes. But there's, there's a lot of inward that takes place also through the, the, the way that our sins are washed away. And so, you know, that's another thing that people deal with is they say, oh, well, that's just an, you know, a, uh, what is it, an outward, I forget how they phrase it now. A, a, an outward
2: out, confession?
1: Maybe. Yeah,
0: an outward confession of an inward faith. Right, right, right. Okay. But what they're saying is, oh, well, that's just symbolic. That's all that is. No, it's not symbolic. <laughs> You're actually having your sins washed away by the waters of baptism because what do you do with something that has died?
1: Yeah,
0: you got to bury it. Yeah, you got to bury it and leave it buried.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, and, and so that's why baptism is so uh, uh, so important. Galatians 3:27 tells us for as many as you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so We are buried with Christ when we're baptized. That's why it's absolutely uh, crucial that we are immersed in water in the name of Jesus because we are are doing that. We are being buried in that water in the name of Jesus. Every Christian in the Bible was baptized this way. What are baptism? Let me just go through a, a few examples of it. What are baptism in the book of Acts? Okay, I'll give you four different uh, examples here. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.38, they were, baptism was preached in his name and those that were filled that day, the, they were all baptized in the name of Jesus. If you go to Acts chapter 8 and verse 16, it's talking about the Samaritan believers. And they were all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you go to Acts chapter 10, verse 48, we're at Cornelius' house now. And Cornelius had that that meeting with all of these people that had gathered together and they preached unto Cornelius. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and they were all baptized in the name of the Lord.
4: In between those scriptures, I don't know the exact number, but it's many, many years. It wasn't like, oh, this all just happened that week and they yeah, all kind of no. just no. did it the way they did it last week. This was right. many, many years later, they were still doing it that way. Absolutely.
1: That's a good point.
0: That is, that's a very good point. This continued uh, on. on. <laughs>
1: we'll,
0: we'll give you a gold star. To win. <laughs> You've made a couple good points. Yes.
1: <laughs> you're, you're
0: you're on your way to being star pupil. <laughs> <laughs> Teachers pet, right? <laughs> hey, usually
4: it's your mom, so I'll take no. this. Thing. <laughs> uh,
2: Back to the covenant point. Yeah. Um, that just something just clicked with me, and I was thinking about how when we entered a marriage covenant, it was you know, do you, Mark, take? jennifer it, oh.
0: the, the name was there it wasn't true. do you son and brother and yeah. you know what i mean it, it, yeah. that wouldn't make sense yes. well and and if you think about that we we agree on, on you know we we commit with the name i take you jennifer you take me mark at the end of the ceremony when when you're presented it's now i present to you mr and mrs mm-hmm. jones yeah it's not Mark Jones and Jennifer Walker. No. no. Mm-hmm. It's the um uh, you know the the coming together the name has been applied. Yeah. She has taken on my name in that in that covenant relationship. Significant. It's significant because you know that's what we're doing that that marriage is a covenant the same as salvation is a covenant. Yes. There's a name to be taken on. That's that's excellent. Yeah that's right now you get a star too man I'm going to run out of stars this week everybody's you know got some good points on that Um, Matthew 28 verses 18 and 19 let me read these two Jesus came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and earth go ye therefore and teach all nations Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Oh, see, right there, you don't got to do it <laughs> and, uh, unless you know what a name is, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and, and that's a, that's a scripture that that so many religions they go back and they say, oh, well, it's in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Ghost. I'd rather take the words of Jesus than Peter. Yeah. Well, uh, and uh, you know, but. What is the name? They yeah. knew the name. He, was, yeah, yeah, he right. was talking to people here that knew that you know knew what the name was. Yes.
1: Right.
0: So we have to recognize that. John five forty three says, um, "I am come in my Father's name." Those are the words of Jesus. Matthew one twenty one says, "Thou shalt call his name." What's his name? Jesus. 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 John fourteen twenty six. The Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Here again, there's that name. Jesus is saying he's going to send the Holy Ghost in my name. Matthew, we have to remember, Matthew didn't write his gospel until A.D. 62. Okay, so that was, you know, almost 30 years later. He was making a... Theological statement about the oneness of God That had been confirmed by 30 years of the church Baptizing every convert in the name of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. So when Matthew 28:19, 19 uh, When uh, uh, Luke was writing I'm sorry, Matthew was writing that When Matthew was writing that It was 30 years later The whole time the church had been writing Or I mean baptizing in the name of Jesus. And so Matthew here was writing and making a oneness statement saying that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost has one name and that's Jesus. Yes. And that's why for all these years we've been baptizing in the name of Jesus because that is that name.
1: That's right. Amen. 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 Believe it. Good. Yes. <laughs>
0: So, here again, baptism is absolutely essential for salvation. Yes, it is. You know, we, we can't, there, there are those that say, well, you know, you can be baptized, you don't have to be baptized. You want to be baptized, we'll baptize you in the titles, we'll baptize you in the name. But it doesn't matter, it's, you know, it's just an outward confession of an inward faith. It's just symbolic. But it's not. John 20 and 23 says, Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. See, the church doesn't have power to forgive sins. I I can't forgive your sins. Man, if I could forgive your sins, I I, I love you. You're you're my brothers and sisters. Of course I would forgive your sins. But see, I'm also also a, a, a frail human. And I'm I'm not infallible I'm capable of making mistakes I'm not perfect I can't forgive sins Only Jesus does And so What does that verse really mean? Whoever we baptize Has their sins remitted Washed away Whoever we don't baptize Your sins are still there They haven't been remitted yet They haven't been washed away They haven't been buried with Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So we have to be buried with Christ in baptism. We've died. We've died to sin. We have to be buried.
3: It's like writing an insurance check for your automobile insurance and not mailing it. If you're yeah. not baptized, it's not remitted.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry for those things, and I, I've died them. But you know, I'm just propped up in the corner. The act's not complete yet. You know, I mean, yeah, it's exactly it. You got to complete that process. Mark sixteen and sixteen says, "He that believeth and is baptized." shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned so we've got repentance we've got baptism now what about the Holy Ghost what is the Holy Ghost God's spirit in you. what's that God's spirit in you. absolutely it's the Spirit of God Acts 1 and, 1 and 8 tells us but ye shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Uh, you know, so many people get freaked out when you say oh, the Holy Ghost. That means that it is the Holy Spirit of God.
1: Yes.
0: You know, when you use the word ghost, people think of, you know, oh, all the horror movies. Yeah, they, <laughs> no, 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 it's not a horror movie. This is God's Spirit. Yes. Uh, okay? And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, And in Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. 1 Corinthians 6 and 14 tells us, And God had both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. So when we talk about salvation, we refer to it as the new birth experience. And the new birth experience is designed to let your old life die through repentance. To be buried in baptism And to give you a literal new life By the power of the Holy Ghost The point of the resurrection Is not just that Jesus got up from the grave But it was to confirm to us To to show us that we can get up out of the deadness of our old life Through Jesus' power Through the name of Jesus Now, I want you to think about this. Jesus being put to death, that was an act of men. Jesus' burial was an act of men. But Jesus' resurrection, that was an act of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, good.
2: That's
0: good. So, repentance, it's my action in response to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Baptism, it's my action. In response to the gospel. But the Holy Ghost is God's action in response to my obedience. That's powerful. That's something that we that we have to remember. That listen, you know, we do our part and God does his part. If I if I take the actions, if I if I believe and I follow those actions of repentance and baptism then Jesus is going to complete that process. He's not going to leave me in the grave. But when I come up out of the waters of baptism, I come up and he fills me with his spirit so that I have new life. I'm resurrected in my spirit. And I'm not resurrected as an old man, but I'm resurrected to a new creature in Christ. Jesus rose from the grave. He had a glorified body. He really didn't need the stone rolled away to get out of the tomb. Yeah. You know, I mean, that stone could have stayed right there, and he could have just come right through the midst stuff.
1: I think that was for us.
0: It was. Okay. It was a sign. It was a sign to us that he had actually literally risen from the dead. If the, if the stone hadn't been rolled away, people would have said, oh, the body's still in there. You just saw a ghost. Yep. But, but when they saw that stone rolled away and they saw those clothes were laid on the rock there mm-hmm. and that the body was no longer there, okay. he was back alive. It was a glorified body. And like I said, he didn't need that stone rolled away, but he did that for us to show us and to show others. Okay. I don't know. God could have spoke to it. It could have rolled on itself. I, Bible doesn't really tell us specifically. You know? Well, the
1: angels told Mary don't, don't look for the dead. Yeah, yeah, he's gone.
0: yeah but I, I don't think the Bible I have to go back and read the account but I don't believe it specifically says who rolled the stone away. Because, remember, the guards were there and it was sealed. So, you know, I mean, it wasn't man that rolled it away. I know that. I mean, was it the angel of the Lord? Matthew 28,
2: 2 through
0: 4. Okay. So it was an angel that did it. There you go. Which, now I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. That's another (laughs) test. I'm going to leave that (laughs) alone. Yes. So the Holy Ghost is God's spirit. It encompasses uh, much more than merely speaking in tongues. Yes. Speaking in tongues is given as a supernatural sign to us that we've actually received, literally received, the Holy Ghost. That's how we know. Can you imagine, you know, if 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 there were no tongues, you come up to an altar and you're you're or or you're baptized. You've repented of your sins. You're baptized in the name of the Lord uh, Jesus. You you come up out of the waters and you raise your hand. You're thanking God. Well, have I received the Holy Ghost? Well, I, I don't know. You know. I mean, I feel good. Is that what it is? Is it you know? Is it, it that I feel good? Or or how how would I know that I've received? God said no. There's an evidence that I'm giving you so that you will know that you have received this, and that is. That we speak with tongues. How many times do you need that in your life to show in the
4: devil's face? Absolutely. You need that evidence to say, nope. You
3: also get a private tutor with the Holy Ghost. That's right.
0: right. Well, you know, there's people that say that you can receive the Holy Ghost without speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. But that's not what the Bible says. Every Christian in your Bible spoke in tongues. Here is the first time any Gentile received the Holy Ghost. It's recorded in Acts 10, verses 44 through 48. And let me read it because it's important. It says, When Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them all which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that the, on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How do we know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That's how they knew that the Holy Ghost had been poured out on the Gentiles. Yes. Because that evidence was there. Then, then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So the Holy Ghost is absolutely essential to salvation. Romans 8 and 9 tells us, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If you haven't received the Spirit of Christ, you're still dead to sins. But you haven't been raised to newness of life. If you've repented and been baptized in his name, you're you're dead to those sins. Those sins were washed away. But you haven't been given that new life yet. And so you've got to be raised up out out of that spiritual grave and have new life. (laughs) <laughs> um, the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues is the original experience of the New Testament church. And that's our pattern. Not church history, not denominations. It's the Bible. Amen. Let me, let me back up. There's uh, two scriptures, Romans 8 and 9, says, but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit. Uh, if so be it that the Spirit of God dwell in you now, if any any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of His. It's the one that we read, talking about. We've got to have the Spirit of God to be His. First Corinthians 12 and 3 tells us, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. There's no man that, that can you know, have that, that conviction and, and proclaim without any doubt that Jesus is Lord without the, the, the Spirit of God and knowing and experiencing that, being raised to that newness of life. So, references to the plan of salvation can be found everywhere in the Bible if you just take the time to look. John 1 Verses 12 and 13 tells us, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. So this is another good scripture to use if you're talking to someone that says, Well, I believed and that's all there is. Well, if that's all there is, then how do you explain that even to them that believed on his name, he gave them power to become the sons of God? They weren't the sons of God by believing on his name. They had the power to become through repentance and baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So it it wasn't not of blood, not because you were born naturally, not of the will of the flesh, Not of me repenting, not of any action that I took, the will of man, not me being baptized, my action. But it was of God that made me the son of God. It was through what God did through his spirit, giving me his spirit, that I became a son of God. You became a child of God. Notice in this that there are three parts to our salvation. First, we must receive the Lord into our lives. That's repentance. Second, we must believe in such a way that it invokes the name of Jesus Christ over our lives, which is baptism. And third, we must allow God to give us the power to change the Holy Ghost. That's what the Holy Ghost does. Then and only then are we born again. And thank God, this new birth salvation message is one of the foundation stones of our apostolic church, of our, our doctrine, of what we believe because that's what scripture teaches. And it is something that is unshakable. There's no way that I, I don't care who it is. They cannot debate. They can't reason. They can't think away around the scripture and say no that's not right. That is a foundational truth of the word of God that has stood the test of time and cannot be changed. Every denomination agrees that we need to receive the Lord but most of them totally miss the other two elements. The taking on of his name and us receiving his power through the spirit of God.
3: Adam
0: didn't have life until God breathed. That's right. Mm-hmm. He, he was formed. He was shaped. He was a man. But he didn't have life until God breathed into him. The breath of life. Yes. That's what happens when we receive the Spirit of God. We're born again. We have a new life that is literally mm-hmm. breathed into this flesh. Yes. Mm. Man, that's powerful.
4: He yeah. created What's that?
0: that he created with yeah. Nobody between. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the scripture of when he. Uh, why? Where are you going? You got a smile <laughs> on your face. Let's
4: leave
0: it at that. <laughs> There better not be any comments about them sucking the life out of us or anything.
1: <laughs> I see that smile. <laughs> Uh,
0: you know we say that we love God's truth but have you ever thought that we are responsible for this truth if we really love this truth and we know this truth we have to realize that the power of, of the Holy Ghost was primarily given not just to bless us oh God wanted to save us but the primary, one of the primary functions of us receiving salvation was that we could be a witness. Yes. That's what Acts 1 and 8 tells us. And so, if you've obeyed the gospel according to Acts 2.38, I'm going to leave you with this question tonight. What are you doing with it? Are you being that witness that God wants you to be? hey listen you know what it's like anything in the scripture there is always hope because when we walk out these doors yes we can be a witness
3: yes
2: you know something that's so important i think that that happened today is on our way to the verizon store we prayed you prayed you prayed said god please give us an opportunity today
0: i did yeah As we were pulling out of the driveway, that was part of my prayer. I said, God, give us an opportunity today. Uh, I I said, we need to recognize opportunities and seize them, so give us an opportunity. I mean, it was as soon as we had started this conversation with this woman about, you know, swapping over a phone,
1: that
0: this opportunity came up and, you know, Sister Jennifer was able to seize that. So.
1: God opened the the door. God That's
0: opened the that thing. door, and listen. I believe that you know if we ask God to give us opportunities, or or to show us the the opportunities that are before us, He'll do the same for all of us. Hopefully, something that was said tonight, some of these will help you, so that when you have that opportunity, that you can more. Uh, uh, what 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 is the what is the the term there? Uh, you can.
1: More, perfectly. more yeah more
0: perfectly ex- expand or expound the word of God yes you can you you can do a better job explaining the scriptures to people and you can help them to understand why salvation is important and and what the what the plan of salvation is mm-hmm. so many people are hungry for God and they really really want to know. How do I, be, you know, how, what, what do I have to do to be saved? And, and you know, how do I know I'm saved?
2: And another thing, you don't have to feel like you have to say it perfectly.
0: No, you don't. Either.
2: And sometimes if you step out, it's so amazing how God starts downloading stuff mm-hmm. into your mind that it's like, where is this coming from? I don't yes. even know what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those where yep. it's just the Holy Ghost knows what that person needs and and he just empowers you to say it so it's not really in our own strength or our own power and I think sometimes we're afraid because you know it's like well God you know I don't know all these scriptures I can't tell you chapter and verse for all these but I know how to tell someone about my experience and I know how to tell them about what happened on the day of Pentecost and I know how to tell them what I believe and so you know he can can download into us and help us and even in what we feel like God I don't think I can do that yeah, we can because he's helping us.
4: Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think the simplest thing too is, um, you know, we, we do we try to focus on this stuff, but people can't argue with your testimony.
3: That's, so that's absolutely,
4: Amen. that's the
0: best, way, well. One of the best ways to do it. And, and if you think about it, we are called to be witnesses. Right. Witnesses can only testify to that yeah. that they know. Right? Absolutely. Right. So, so you can't testify about something that happened to somebody else because that's hearsay.
1: Right.
0: You can only give evidence and testify about something yeah. that you've experienced, that you've seen firsthand. You have firsthand knowledge. Yeah. And so you can testify of that. You can be that witness. And, you know, you've seen it, you've seen it happen uh, to, to me when I'm up here preaching. I'll be up here preaching. And all of a sudden, the Lord will just kind of speak something, and, and there'll be something that I say, and I'll I'll kind of stop and go. Well, wait a minute, that wasn't in my notes. Where'd that come from? Listen, God knows what what that person that you're talking to needs, and and there's times where He'll just He'll give you something to say, and you'll go, Where'd that come from? I gotta go look that scripture up. That's a good <laughs> scripture, you know. Hey, that's okay. You just Follow the, you know, the, the, the Holy Ghost. And, and if you're talking to somebody, don't be afraid to, to say what God's directing you to say.
3: Isn't it something we started with talking about testimonies and we're ending with it? <laughs>
0: so We heard
3: it twice. So okay. Confirmation. Okay. Let's testify. Right.
0: <laughs> I had a, a guy at work one time. I worked up in Michigan. That he said, well, you know, I, I believe I'm the Lord Jesus Christ. I know I'm saved. And I said, well, you know, the scripture says that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved.
1: but like, he that believeth not. I says, you can believe something,
0: but you've got to do what they tell you to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I told him, I said, I can sign and give you $1,000 if you do this. And you can stand there and believe all day long. And you're not going to receive anything until you do what I tell you to do. And, and, can, and if the goal is that $1,000, In your example, he has to believe that you have a thousand dollars to give it. He has to act on it and go do whatever you said he had to do to get the thousand dollars, and then if he does that, then you have to take the thousand dollars that you have and give it to him. There's there's that three parts of salvation. I have to believe and say, you know what, I'm gonna repent. I have to go and be baptized. And then God, who is the only one that has what I need, is faithful to say, "You've been obedient. Here you go. I'll give it to you." Yes, that's right. Amen. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Stand with me. Woo! Man, I tell you what, I'm excited
1: Amen. I just wonder if I get a star
0: too. Okay, I'll give you a star. <laughs> no you get one. You, I don't know after that last. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's pray right now. Let's As we're dismissed tonight, let's ask God, Lord, show us those opportunities and quicken what I know. Quicken my testimony and the things that I can really be a witness to. And help me to be able to tell somebody that. Lord, we love you right now, God. We thank you, God. For your word and the wonderful truths that are in it, God. Lord, we thank you so much, God. Lord, for opening our eyes and our understanding to who you are, to what your name is, God. Lord, to know the truth of your plan, God. And Lord, not only to be able to read it, God, but to have been able to experience it for ourselves, God. Lord, I thank you for that. And I pray. For the remainder of this week, God, that you would open up our eyes and our understanding, God, to the opportunities that are around us, God. Let those opportunities present themselves to us, God, Lord, and help us, God, to be faithful and to respond to those things, God. Lord, that we can can take that wonderful gift that you've given us, God, and go and be a witness for you, Lord. God, that we can obey your word and be uh, be about your will and your plan for us, God. Lord, help us the remainder of this week, God. Keep us and guide us, Lord, in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Lord, bless you. Thank you for being here tonight, and we will see you on Sunday. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Is that yours? Thank God for that. Oh, we're uh, we're going to give you an opportunity tonight to. to-